So thanks for joining us, guys, and welcome to the first ever podcast of Kidsgrove Athletic Football Club. Hopefully the first of many podcasts that we'll be putting together uh, as we aim to move up the podcasting world and the uh, football pyramid. A bit of a strange time we've been at the uh, minute with uh, the isolation. So that's partly why we started the podcast. We've got two guests with us. got uh, Ben Derber from the media team and joining us on the uh, line as well is Vice Chairman Ian Cooper. Thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Rich. Yeah, and also, as we mentioned in the introduction, uh, since the 14th of March was the last time we had a game of football. It's a a month ago today, the 7th of March, as we record it, uh, 7th of April, as we record it, sorry, 7th of April, 7th of March was our last home league game against Stanford. A week later was uh, the Frickley game, and then on the Monday, the league uh, was suspended, and then obviously later on the FA terminated. Uh, Coops, uh, as a club's, from the club's perspective, uh, just talk us through what hap- you know, how it happened uh, from playing Frickley on that Saturday to the Monday, the suspension, and obviously a week or so down the line, uh, it was can- all cancelled. It's always expected, to be honest. I mean, somebody, some, anyway, professional league was suspended when we went to Frickley. And generally, it sort of follows suit. So it was no, no sort of surprise. I give the league credit for trying to carry on because once it stops, it's never realistically ever going to start again. Um, and I think it's credit the league that they tried to, to keep it going as long as they can. Um, they, they probably come up with some criticism from some quarters where, you know, I mean, they were trying to think of the clubs financially. But this is a uh, far bigger than football. This uh, coronavirus and you know people are dying from it and people are losing the livelihoods and things like that. So um, football has taken a little bit of a backseat uh, for for a good while. It's uh, disappointing that we, you know, we've, we've appointed a new manager and it's just hard, hard to score because we've not been able to work together. We've not been able to meet up since the appointment. So. A lot of things, strange times, strange times, but I'm sure we'll get through it. Yeah, and just on the uh, termination, the league went for, the FA went for null and avoiding. Do you think that was the right decision? I know a lot of clubs have written to the FA, over 150 have written to the FA, uh, saying they should have uh, gone for a different option, points per game being favoured by most of the clubs. Do you think, if, particularly if Kisgrove were in that position, uh, that leaker in who signed the letter, do you think... You would have been the club would have been pressing the FA, or is it just one of them? That you'd have, have been disappointed, and and least officially, I haven't sort of lobbied the FA. Um, you know, I mean, I suppose it's done. Is I think Leek have actually been very dignified with it. Mm. Um, we'd be, you know, I mean, would be absolutely gutted, and I can, and I can imagine, imagine Leek off. You know, I mean, I've seen comments from the manager and things like that, and rightly so. They've worked hard. The players have worked hard. Not just league clubs, all the other clubs. But what I had the outcome, nobody there was never going to be a, a, a happy ending for everybody. Um, me personally, I think the top team should have gone got got promoted from every league. We get those who play off positions and things like that because that's just a lottery playoffs. So even if you just even in like Stamford, Walkley, and I was there's no saying that they would have won it. 
No. Uh, and, I, and I believe the bottom, and I think the bottom team in every league could have got relegated. Yes, there might have been some adjusting to do, but I'm sure we could have got over that. Yeah. Um, whatever decision has been made, hmm. whatever decision has been made, nobody gains from it. I mean, obviously, there's, a, there's always going to be the rich man, poor man syndrome but, uh, in, in football, but the Premier League is treated different than, than, than us. Why? It shouldn't be. But football's a, it's not a fan's game now. The fact, the mere fact that you're talking about playing games behind closed doors shows now that football isn't a fan's game. Well, in non league, it is still a fan's game. It's at, you know what I mean? It, it, it's just, we can't rely, we can't function without the supporters. Um, so, yeah, it was never, whatever decision was made, it was never going to please everybody. Yeah, I'm just bringing you in, Ben. Uh... Obviously, you support Port Vale. They are still yet to decide what's happening with the EFL and the Premier League. And also, the, the uh, National League, which sits just below uh, Port Vale. I know with the differentiating off uh, from Kidsgrove's League at the moment. But do you think the FA made the right decision? I know we don't want to keep hammering the FA as at the end of the day, the FA rule above us. But do you think, as Coops has said, the couldn't please everyone, but they've made the decision... First of all, I have to say I totally agree with Coops. Uh, whatever decision the FA made, um, the, not everyone was not every club was going to agree with it. So you've got to do uh, the best option possible. Obviously, the top teams were not going to be happy uh, with teams like Leek, even South teams like South Shields, who I believe were twelve points clear at the top table. They're not going to be in their division, obviously, but they're not going to be happy that this this has happened. But see why they they have done it and again like you said there's far more um, important things at stake at the moment this coronavirus is a serious deal like they've got to take a step back away from football and then go into the next season whether it's the right decision like I said I think it is harsh on some sides I can see why the FA have um, come down to it but it's hard to say whether it is the right decision as this has never happened before, and to be fair, I don't know if we will ever know uh, whether it is it is uh, the right course. Something that we've just got to deal with, and for now, we've just got to move on to the 20, uh, 2020 and slash 2021 season. Yeah, absolutely. That's the main focus now for all the clubs, really, uh, is moving forward to that. Do you think uh, if this coronavirus was to go away tomorrow, this question is for us, for both of you, do you think... Uh, Will we started playing July, or do you think there's going to be an extended period of waiting before they can say you can start playing all sporting events, really? Because it's not just football that's been cancelled. The Grand Nationals cancelled at the weekend. Uh, the Open, the Masters, they've all been uh, suspended or cancelled. So do you think yeah, as soon as, say, when it finishes this lockdown and the coronavirus goes away, we'll be back? Or do you think we're going to have to have that uh, period of wait before we can start getting football and back to normality. There's no really kind of thing when, when we're going to kick back in it. They know what you know, people for having us gone can't say when we're going to kick back in. So we just have to make sure that when we do kick back in, whether it's July, August, September, you know what I mean? We're ready for it. As long as it goes on, obviously it becomes a financial, uh, final financial burden to the clubs like ourselves. Mm. Because we make a lot of our income in the summer, ready for the next season. It's right, right, right now. How how can clubs even start beginning to set budgets for next season? 
because you've got no income coming in. Um, to even say what we've got, we we we're not blessed like a lot of clubs with a big fan base. So we can't say, oh yeah, the gates will go up and we'll be okay. Um, but if, so I mean, there's a lot, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about like the budgets and that, and all the most, quite a lot of the money comes in that summer. Oh, we always have the Port Vale friendly. They always send the first team and the beer festival. That's always something, and that's a key earner for the football club over the close season. So if we can't have them on, then it's going to be a real struggle, isn't it? Well, the Port Vale gets massive for for ourselves. Um, you know I mean, we can buy it with the beer festival, and, and that sets us up for the for the start of the season. Um, without that, you know, you know, I mean, we 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 thankful for Port Vale that we've built a good relationship with them. They've sent the first in the last two three seasons. But without, we, and we've got other things planned this year. We, we were having the the Robbie. There was plans for the Robbie Williams concert to be live streamed to the ground, which was a ma- massive money in for us. Uh, probably the biggest event my kids ever would have seen. Um, so there's all them things, and they've gone and they won't come back. Yes, they might come back next season. That's assuming kids go off. I think it's still here for next season. Yeah, that's it. We certainly are. I mean, Ben, just put touching on that from Cubes uh, about the Robbie Williams being streamed. That's exclusive news for the podcast. Podcast one, and we're getting uh, some exclusive news. That sort of thing is fantastic for kids growing athletic, and it'll boost uh, the club's publicity and the name of the club in the local area. Yeah, of course it, it would. Obviously, there's a likelihood. It, obviously, it's not very real yet, but there's likelihood that that will be cancelled now. But like you said, it would be one of the biggest money in it. It would have been and could still be one of the big, biggest money in it that the club has ever seen, obviously, because you're not just going to bring locals. You're going to bring the thousand, well, potentially thousands of people uh, they're going to be interested in, it, interested in it who couldn't get the Robert Williams tickets. So it's sold, it's sold in something ridiculous like just under three minutes. So you, you're going to bring in a, just quite a, a, a wide crowd. So that will be disappointing for kids growth. But like I said, we've just got to cope with the current situation. Like Cooper has said, there's bigger things at stake. We've got to make sure the club stays afloat as well and do that as much as we possibly can. But what we've got to remember is that it's not just us. A lot of clubs, high, higher than us and um, lower than us in terms of leagues, will be in the exact same position. So it's nice to know that we're, we're not on our own in terms of the financial situation. Even League Two and National Club will be uh, struggling with this. Like so, saw uh, Barnet uh, as the COVID 19 outbreak just came um, to England. I think they laid off all the staff. Uh, not Barnet, uh, I think it was, yeah, Barnet. Yes, Barnet did, yeah. Yeah, they've laid off all their staff, um, which and they're quite a big club in terms of the non-league and football league spectrum. So I think that gave us a little bit of a sign of how they may struggle. So it's not just us; it is levels a, a, a few steps higher than us as well. Yeah, Crew Alexandra today announced they were furloughing all their uh, playing and uh, non-playing staff. There's other clubs have done it away from uh, yeah football clubs themselves. Newspapers there furloughing all their uh, staff, the local reporters. So it's it's unprecedented times, but it's end of the day. If Kidsgrove Football Club can be there at the end of it all, it's going to be something for everyone to look forward to. And we're going to need the support uh, going for when we come out of it, and we'll be there for the supporters throughout of it. 
that you think? Now, I mean, Scott's got been appointed as a Kidsbury legend, one or two that old Kidsbury were allowed to back with his backroom team. So, hopefully, maybe that might bring one or two supporters. You don't know the knock on effect, but people might even have the money to go watch your pro clubs, so they might they'll still want a football fix. So, hopefully, we might pick one of them, them two up. Um, you know, so there's other things we as a club we've got to perhaps get ourselves try to get ourselves out a bit more in the community, <laughs> see if we can draw new support, young support. Um, so there's a lot of things we can do. Um, as a as a club we we we're we fortunate we've got great sponsors uh, from Alternet and the Swinton Swinton uh, Cal Nash all, all through Ian Donaldson's connections with the club. But we've got all, all the local sponsors. So it's about us that Thanks all for they support us. We've got to, as a community, we've got to try to support some of them as well. It's a two way thing, sponsorship isn't. Um, I think we have to remember, yeah, we're thinking about kids growing up athletic, but there's, you know, I mean, there's some of the businesses who just work, for example, uh, the, the barber club who, who had a board this year, first year sponsors, mm-hmm. they've actually shut, they've got their income. So there's, there's, play, there's, you know, I mean, there's a lot of businesses who, yeah, we're sort of thinking about how we can survive, they've got to survive. And, and so it's, we want about our supporters, bums on seats, we support sporting bars, companies, and other, you know, I mean, there's a lot of other people that support us. And we, we've just got to ride it out, hopefully, ride it out, and hopefully, we'll come stronger, and hopefully, we'll, start, we'll still be in this time next year going, yeah, it's been a tough year, but we've got through it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you touched on a great point there about uh, our sponsors. You know, they've done fantastic. For us this year, game behind the team. I don't think I've ever seen uh, the Auto Net Insurance Stadium full of advertising boards. They're having to go on the round behind the stands where supporters sit facing onto the pitch just because we've had that many. So it's important to support the football club, but also, as you say, support the local uh, sponsors. You've got bars, you've got the barber club, you've got the insurance companies. All of them, once we come out of this, we're all going to need everyone's sponsorship, aren't they? And support. Yeah, you know, it's fine. We're all in the same room. We're talking about football, isn't it? You know, what I mean, football just is a is our little bit. Like you touched on earlier, there's rugby clubs, there's athletic clubs. You know, what I mean, the, the the athletic season will probably be virtually over by the time uh, this this comes out. So they've had a year of not competing, not uh, no income. So it's a tough time, not, and we all compete for the same little pot, pot of money. So it's it's it's, it's uh, just how we do it, really. And uh, the one thing that we are good at is raising funds. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, Janet Green Tiles. So I don't know mm. if we can ask her to do any more hours than she does in the season, but uh, so after I think she can one. And we'll have to start putting things on and just think outside the box. And I know one thing, when it's over, we're planning to have a, an event at the ground. We, we always said we were going to try our bands at the ground mm-hmm. this year. And if it's, if it's in the summer, we'll still try to do that. I know when we did Robbie Williams, but um, it'll certainly be something and we'll try to put an event on for the community and get a few, see if we can get a few local artists on the pitch. That's excellent, Matt. And yeah, that's, that's what I've done football. Is all about it's the it's the heartbeat of the community's non-league football and the fact that kids grow. I mean, they've got the we've got the minibus that 
yeah, we've advertised for people if they need to use it, especially NHS staff and key workers if they need to, then to use it. And it's fantastic that Kidsgrove Athletic Football Club is part of the community. Just touching on another point that's happened since we last played was the uh, change of manager with uh, Scott Dan- Scott Dundas coming in. Uh, just talk us through uh, how it happened uh, from a board's perspective, if you could, uh, please, Ian. Um, it was always, it's always been out of plan. When, even from when Ryan came in, we sort of always said that we'd give a manager three years and you, you judge on what your progression hit. We've had great couple under the Ryan and right for the first year, Brian did really remarkably well. You know, when he came in as a rookie manager, sort of thrown in at the deep end a little bit. Um, and we had two two years of great couple runs, particularly the year before when we went out to Hartlepool. But he's like coming up to the eighty four. We had four full seasons and we just felt um, we weren't, even if the league season had continued, we wouldn't have made the playoffs. We just fell, fell away from being probably possibly one of the favourites coming at the end of January, early February. We were we had points in the bag, we had games in hand to get into the playoffs. And probably having a small squad, maybe cost us. We, we'd, Mal got injured and we didn't really. At the same time as Ruben has sort of lost a little bit of form coming back from holiday. Um, Kingsley in and out, he'd been suspended. And they all sort of came at the wrong time. They wanted two injuries, and the squad wasn't big, big enough to cope with that. And we just fell away. And we just said, we just felt it was perhaps time to change and try and freshen it up. Um, you know, and there's nothing against Ryan. Ryan's been great for Kids Grove. Had a really good working relationship with him. And the logical one was once Ryan is all gone, we, I mean, Scott, Scott's always, always sort of been in and around the Kids Grove, Kids Grove as a player. Um, he's never been the manager, and he was just he was he was available. We wanted a new manager, and it just made sense. But he's probably he was the best fit for, for hopefully. We're the best fit for him, and certainly he's the best fit for us. And I'm sure we'll we'll get us competing for the playoffs next year. Yeah, absolutely. Ben, if I could just take you back to end of January, beginning of February. Beat the beginning of February. Beat uh, Spalding three-one with a fantastic performance from around us. Beat uh, Chase Town, who were managed by Scott Dundas uh, for night. Um, I'd played them away a few weeks before, and I think because they were probably quite lucky. To have come away with a one 0 win and a uh, and a clean sheet and all three points. So you think if they, that momentum against Chase Spalding and Chase Town at home had carried on a beaten Cleethorpes, do you think you know if that had just carried on a bit longer, we could have been a bit higher up that table? Um, I think this one was anyway. I'm not sure if I heard um, my name, but going going on uh, to about the playoff, of course, I do agree with Coops again that. It did start to turn away from us. I was uh, looking at the fixtures before we, we came onto the podcast, and we had a one in normal time in nine games. Our last home victory did call well, our last victory in the league came at home uh, to chase down in that 4 0 emphatic win, which was one of uh, Scott Mundas's last games in charge. I think he didn't win in 10, that's why he was let go uh, by Chase Town. Um, in the end, but like I say, going going on to Scott, he's got a good track record. Did good at Newcastle, even did good at Chase Town. Got them to I believe the playoff final, and I know just a few things didn't quite go his way um, last season. But I think he is a good fit for the club. So going into next year, I think we can definitely go for a playoff push. 
I think, looking at it, the ultimate things that stopped us getting close to playoffs and left us nine points adrift before the season was cancelled was we struggled um, to compete against the sides in the top three. So since the turn of the year, I don't believe we earned any points against the top three, which was Cleefort, Stanford, and we lost twice in that period, and League Town. Obviously, it was unlucky against League Town at home, but um, if you're going for the playoffs, you need to pick up the points against the big teams, and we weren't. Um, we were unable to do that. We did have a good cut run, um, like you said, getting to the quarterfinals of the Integro and uh, the Staffordshire Senior. Got to fit there. Integra was the more disappointing one. I think that's one of the furthest we've got in the competition. And if we could have got a semi-final place in that, that would have been massive. But we weren't able to get through that that loss against Hyde. I think cost a little bit of momentum for Ryan as well. And I think the other few things that cost us towards the playoffs, I think we let go of players, whatever reason that may be, that we're part of the squad. So I'm referring to... Carl Diskin, when we let him go early in November, I think he had a bit of an on and off relationship with Ryan Austin. I think it's fair to say, I think, um, when we let go of him, he was a key um, player, I think, in centre infield and on the flanks, could cause danger and panic for the defenders out of nothing. Let him in, obviously, him go, obviously, was difficult for the club, I think, and I think he was a key asset. Um, at the time, and obviously uh, letting go back up uh, substitutions as well. So, Reese Thompson, who was a versatile player, came in at right back, centre mid, even went up front sometimes. I think obviously did play after Hennisford, but letting him go to Hennisford, I, I believe that isn't the club's fault because obviously the travel is rages and there's not too much uh, you can do about that, showing the quality that he does have. And like I said, I think injuries this year um, have, uh, have cost the club, and I think. Uh, we've mentioned before, Rich, I think the ultimate demise of uh, Ryan Austin was the lack of discipline uh, within the squad in terms of whether that comes down to the players or the manager. Um, it's hard to say, but like three red cards, I think, in matter seven, um, eight games, it's something that, like Coop said, when you've got a small squad, it's something that's quite hard to recover from. Yeah, absolutely. And just touching on yourself working with uh, Ryan Austin, working in the media team, you get a different uh, angle, a different view of uh, how it works. How, how have you found your working relationship with uh, Ryan Austin? I thought uh, me and Ryan had a fantastic uh, working relationship. Every agrees will be a different question, but we used to do phone interviews every Tuesday, Wednesday, obviously switched between me and uh, Callum Crabtree, but um, he was more than willing to do the phone interviews. I had nine, eight, nine minutes of quality content to put on the website. He was always willing uh, to do an interview, even when he, he did um, obviously depart the club. He was more than happy to get involved in an interview about his departure as part of coursework. So I thought we had a great working relationship and obviously we all uh, wish him at the club the best uh, for the future. And like Coop said, he did do uh, a fantastic job in his first role, but now it's onwards and upwards with a bright future, which is not just Scott Dundas, but the People he's employed under him, obviously, we haven't mentioned about Anne Buckle, but uh, a former manager of Kids Grove, and obviously Scott Bentley, and obviously bringing back a few legends of the 1997-98 season, it's going to bring a little bit of a feel-good um, atmosphere around the club, and I, I have high hopes for next season, it's fair to say. Yeah, 
you spoke, uh, Ben, to Scott Bentley uh, recently for the website. All the three new management team were interviewed, and there's pieces you can read on the club website with Scott, Dun Scott Dundas, Ant Buckle, and Scott Bentley. Just talk us a bit about your relationship with uh, Scott Bentley because you knew him before he joined Kidsgrove, and you didn't really know that he was a Kidsgrove legend before. And yeah, it's, uh, me and Scott, it's a little bit of an interesting one. So before I came on to obviously the Kidsgrove media team, um, obviously the Sunday League uh, referee, and I used to referee down Blues in Poplar Drive quite a lot. And Scott for quite a, a few years while I was quite a young referee, started at 15, managed um, a side, uh, I think, I can't quite remember, but I think it was an Eastwood Blue side at the time, just a Sunday league team, um, and I ref him from under-13s level, and I, I refed his side for three years, consistently six, seven, eight times a season, and I got on with Scott um, as the manager of the side, he always said hi to me. And we already kind of uh, knew each other, so I think that made the interview um, process slightly easier. But I, I didn't have a clue he had any uh, sort of relationship with Kids Grove in terms of his playing days, and he was he was brilliant towards him. We got some fantastic reception, I think, off the back of the interview as well. And I think Kids Grove fans themselves, it's something that they would enjoy going back into the glory days, if you like, and probably what was the best spell of the club in the 97-98 season and the 2001-02 season uh, when they obviously got the record for the most points in, in the league at that time with 99 and 102 points in the respective seasons, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a great time. Keeps just looking forward to looking forward to next season, whenever it may start. What's uh, yourself and the board's... Uh, Hopes for the new season whenever it starts. Um, like every season, you want, you want a nice run in the FA Cup. Great match to get the first round from the the first time the club history. That's always been. I think that's everybody on league, not just ours. It's everybody wants to be that on league. Scott's obviously did, did it with Norton, which uh, I don't think people realise to this day how big an achievement that was. Uh, for club of north size and where they came from, so it'd be great to do that. Um, we certainly would like uh, to challenge for the playoffs this year. That's got to be the. I mean, that's got to be the top. I think that's got to be the target every year. Um, it's, 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 yeah, we win something against. We, yeah, we won the senior cup for a good few years. It's hard, hard to do it. In Saturday football, people—I don't think—I think people underestimate or don't realise it's very hard in Saturday football to actually win anything. Um, so, if to win a cup, cup final, or anything, it's, it's, it's a great achievement for the players. So, it'd be just nice to have a little bit of silverware, get that, get a final, and maybe just bring a little bit of success back. And, uh, so that's, and, that, and that's more for the one for the players and the supporters than anything. You don't get, you know, I mean, you don't get. Financial gain, it's, it's just that little bit of testing um, that everybody takes, takes as a priority. But once you're there, we're going to win for finals, and it'll be nice for the club to um, have a little bit of silverware this, next season, um, as well as like I say, the, the, the cup run, which I think is a great financial reward. And don't forget, next season, because how this has been, this summer's been. Yeah, they could become, becomes even more important to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And 
Talk about the FA Cup run. You just need to get into that first round. You could draw Paul Melt, Sunderland, <laughs> someone like that potentially. Get them at the Autonet Insurance Stadium. And who knows, the BBC or BT Sports or if it's ITV who are, I think are coming in on board with sharing games. Get them down to, they could potentially be down doing a feature as a live game and it could be massive for the football club, the exposure across the media uh, for that game. That's what, he, that's what he did. I, I, I mentioned Norton when Scott was there. I was doing, doing the pitch at the time as part of my job. And that, that week building up, there was the cameras there. They were training on the pitch, doing sessions on the pitch and things like that. And he was, I put Norton United on the map. But, uh, like I say, people never, I don't think people ever realise what they, that achievement was for them for, from where they'd come as a club uh, at that point. So that was a massive achievement. But it's... Um, like I say, every, we all want to, everybody wants to get in that first round proper and I'm not speaking any different from Newcastle Town or we think in League Town. The, more, the money is massive. The money, you get to the first round proper, that's virtually paid for your season, the entire season, um, getting into the first round proper. That's how big it is. And like I said, I'm not sure if people realise it's not just the FA prize money, it's the... To be honest, it's, as much as anything, for the club, I'm speaking financially from the club, the memories you take away from it. I, when we beat Wigan, so that night will never ever. That night will never ever go from my memory. It was absolutely fabulous, unbelievable. The good atmosphere in the ground, the seeing the, the, the lads' reaction. So the FA Cup doesn't just bring money. It's it's what happens, and then things in, in football, then things will be filled with whatever. They don't come round very often. Our route to what we did with Hartlepool might never ever come round again for. Exactly. I mean, just touching on that working to the, the Hartlepool games, I can remember that replay myself, just work, working with Morelands Radio. It was my first season working with them. And they always say the FA Cup, it's under light, it's the most magical thing. And I hadn't really realised what it was until that, what they meant by it, until that night. It was just fabulous. <laughs> the, the way the team had come back from 1-0 down again, just working to them. I mean, working to them, got relegated that season, but they're still a big name in non-league football, big side. And then to go to Hartlepool and on any other day, Kidsgrove could have easily have taken Hartlepool to a replay or had even claimed another famous giant killing by knocking them out. So, as you say, the FA Cup, it's mad, it's massive, it's magical. Another FA competition that, that the club compete in is the FA Trophy. Just want to touch on that quickly because a lot of non-league players, they won't get the chance to play at Wembley, particularly in the FA Cup as an England international, unless you're Jamie Vardy. Uh, but it's another route Kidsgrove, except a very small route with teams in it like Barnet, uh, Leighton Orient have gone out, uh, AFC Fylde and Wrexham, big clubs, but still no less a chance for a club like Kidsgrove to do really well in the competition. Is that something the club... Like, the trophy the trophy is a strange one. With the FA Cup, you can, you can get... Um, Obviously, you can get the, if you get a look at a draw, you can probably get two or three 
maybe lower size or so you've got perhaps more of a chance sometimes if you get looking at the draw progressing in the FA FA Cup. Um, no disrespect to teams lower, but you know, I mean you can you draw you're always looking to draw somebody lower for certainly the first couple of rounds. Um, probably as far as you can go really. With the trophy, the teams coming in are at your at minimum at your level. Yeah. So it's always seen it's always that little bit hard with the trophy. Um, and you always sort of if you have anything over two, two, two matches in the trophy, it's a bonus. But it seems the FA Cup, every round is a bonus. Um, I actually, when we were on about like leagues being suspended and things like that, not one person, not in all the football, I've not heard one person actually say about Hales Owen. Hales Owen are in the semi final of the FA Trophy this year. An absolutely unbelievable run. And, the, and so feel for them, they're, they're two games away from Wembley. And the FA Trophy in a season, which is, is generally voided. Yeah. Okay. They've not mentioned that. And like, so when people go on about leagues and all that, they, them players at Ailes Owen were two games away from playing at Wembley. Now, is, it, is any player or any uh, to play at Wembley or if you're part of a club that got to Wembley? I know they've got to do it and they hadn't done it. But they, they, they from the level they're at, I mean, they want once he put one league above us. But that achievement is what they've done was unreal. And, and everybody's going on about leagues or league titles going to be decided and all that. What about Ailes? I mean, Ailes could have been going Wembley. They could have actually been their players could have been living for your dreams. Exactly. So, it potentially killed <laughs> this coronavirus has sadly potentially killed that dream. I mean, kills probably not the right word to use in these current situation, but. You know, it's quashed the dream that they may never get again. I, I was with Nantwich when they got to the semi finals of the FA Trophy, and it was just fantastic. The dream of getting to Wembley. Ben, as a Vale fan, I mean, I don't know where you, how old you were when Vale got to the uh, Glass Trophy final, but the, someone like a Vale fan as well, to get to Wembley, not every player is going to, or club and supporters is going to do it. So, Coops is right on touching about Hales Owen and, you know, really feeling sorry for them at the minute. Yeah, even just going away for Gisgrove as a League 2 fan, supporting Vale for 11, 12 years in the season, which 11th season, obviously, I'm still going to the odd match, but while still being media team at Gisgrove, I've got it. Having a Wembley trip um, was, was it, it meant a lot uh, to, uh, to us, and there was a potential one this year, we were one place outside the playoffs, one point Outside of Wembley was something that was on my mind, a place that I've never been in terms of a Vale fan. I went to the FA Cup final last year. From a fan perspective, Wembley will mean a lot to us fans, if you like. And obviously, that's another aspect that has been taken away from us. But obviously, in the circumstances, it's totally understandable. Like I say, for someone like Hales, Owen to have the chance of going there. Like I say, the, the dreams have been destroyed, but in, like, like I've said on many occasions, you can 100% understand why, and football did have to be called off. So it, it's just mother nature, as they say, you can't do anything about these circumstances. They've just got to try and go again next year. And if they can keep the players that they have got, keep pushing for that step further to get to Wembley. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's brought to them most of the... Uh, Chat I wanted to talk about uh, for this first podcast. I've got a little five five quiz 
five question quiz uh, to round off. So no prizes uh, for coming on top, but let's see uh, who can remember most about this season. Also, there's one throwing back to 97-98. So the first question is, who scored Kisgrove's first goal of the 2019-20 uh, season? That's a difficult one. Go on, Melody, do you think it was? Um, obviously, I wasn't, I um, I wasn't part of the week. There was one before it, Coots. Well, now he said Malvin was on my mind, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a bit of it. It was Lee Williamson at least. Yes, a 2-1 defeat, one of... Far post. Yeah, one of Leek's few uh, few victories uh, over the last few years against us. I'm sure they won't mind us saying that uh, with them uh, currently lording it over us with two victories. Yes, it was uh, on the Saturday afterwards, a 1-1 draw against Newcastle in the Emirates yeah. FA Cup. Okay, so that's one to... Keeps uh, second question. Scott Dundas scored 53 goals in the 1997-98 season, but how many did the team score in total? And it's a very big number, this. Um, I'm going to say, go on, go on, Coops. 1-2-2. 1-2-2. In all competitions? Yeah, in all competitions. I'm going to say 204. Oh, Ben, you're close. It was 200 goals. Uh, this goal, yeah. 122 was the league goal, so I'll give you a point each for that because you were mighty close oh, there. I thought you were only on about league goals, and then you say all competitions, so I was right. Yeah, so yeah, that's why I'm giving you a point, it's not to argue. Uh, third question is, what was our highest attendance this year? I'll give you a point if you're 10 either side of this. And a clue, it came against Leak Town back in January. Three, five... Two. Four, Close. six, four. I'm going to go four, six, four. Clutes will be closer, but he's got the numbers wrong, wrong way around. It was 325 uh, yeah. for what I've got. So, right yeah. numbers, keeps, but wrong way round. So, I'll give you half a point for that one. So, it's two and a half points to one point to Coops with two questions left. Okay. How many players had Kidsgrave used this season? In all competitions. 27. Go on, Ben, what do you think? Well, I think, I do, I think it's a lot. We've had a lot of lone players, especially, like, like I think we said earlier, Stoke have helped us out a lot this season. Um, but I'm going to say 25. Both off, it was 39 players that we oh, had this season. Oh. I wouldn't have uh, said that many. That's, that's how I managed to count off. And I mean, my counting's probably uh, as good as me uh, football skills, so I won't always trust it. But that's how many I counted up to. And then final question: uh, Who has played the most minutes this season in all competitions? Well, I'm going to go for an obvious one: Kieran Harrison. You're going for Kieran Harrison, but yeah. Alan Coops is right. It was Alex Morris. He's played in all but one game this season. He's played every minute of those games. That 
one game he missed was Cole in the FA Trophy back at the end of uh, October, start of November. So that is quite an achievement. Had we, had we played on the Saturday, we'd have been available. Yeah. But the selfishness of the holiday was not That is impressive. That I mean, especially in non-league football, to be able to not only be available for, well, all the games really, because it was only flooding that cost us from playing the games on the Saturday. And we weren't the only club, by no means, to have our game called off on that day. Uh, and also with injuries and that, and also working. I think Alex Morris is a uh, sports coach, if I'm right in thinking, or something to do with yeah. teacher. So, yeah. yeah. So with all those commitments, you know, it's fantastic that he's been able to get himself uh, available for all those games. So the final score is a two, a three and a half, one victory to Coops. But I've got a tiebreaker question. We might as well use it. Uh, how many people have attended our games at home in total this season? Ooh. Four and a half thousand. Four thousand. I'm going to say four, four, I'm going to say four, you're both close. It was 4,028 supporters have gone through the turnstile at the Autonet Insurance Stadium, which is a is fun... That official, is that the official or unofficial? <laughs> I've got a... Uh... And, how, and how many of them were kids? <laughs> yeah, I'm not entirely sure on... <laughs> Fair enough, then. I've got a, uh, I've got a programme on my laptop that you can input all these stats, so I collect all the stats off the league website, and it's that's why it's worked out too. Uh, so that's where my uh, stats and knowledge have come from for uh, this season. But that's the end of the uh, quiz. And that's the end of the podcast. My thanks to Ian Cooper and to Ben Derber for joining us. Hopefully we'll have this as a monthly podcast going forward. Hopefully try and bring in different people. We're hoping we can't have Scott Dundas, Ant Buckle and... Scott Bentley on at some point, maybe the players as well, particularly likes of Anthony Melbourne, uh, Kieran Harrison, Alex Morris, and you, the supporters, you know, if you'd love to come on and chat about how things are going for Kids Grove Athletic, and not only that, just the world of non-league football in general, then we'd love to have you on. But for now, summing up, final summing up thoughts, sir, Coops? Just for you, Ben. Uh, final summing up thoughts. Yeah, just to reiterate, um, the the most important thing now is stay 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 safe, stay at home, uh, stay well if you like. And for any kids group fans next year, we'll be raring to go from August. Hopefully, if that's when we're allowed to play, and hopefully we can go on for a playoff course, especially under the under the hands of Scott Bentley, uh, not Scott Bentley, Scott Dundas, uh, Ant Buckle, and Scott Bentley as the 
management team, it's looking to be a very high prospect season for Kids Go and one of the most exciting in the club's history. And hopefully, we can bring a little bit of back, bring a little bit of the success from the 1997-98 season. So that's all to look forward to. I think it's fair to say. Perfect. Right, finally, I just like to. Thank Ryan for his last sort of three, three and a half, nearly four years. I'm wishing all the best on wherever he goes. Um, I'm sure he'll uh, he'll land a job in this summer, uh, and he'll go on to become a good top manager. Excellent. That's a perfect way to sum it up. I think uh, Coops Ryan has done a successful job for Kids Grove. Might have not got where we wanted to in the end, but he's brought some great times to the club, and we wish him all the best going forward, whatever happens. And also to his partner who's due to have a baby anytime soon. So all best wishes to that as well. You have been listening. Been... And welcome Scott, Scott. Scott and Buck. Yes, absolutely. You've been listening to the first ever Kids Grove Athletic podcast. We hope to see you soon whenever we get back in fo- back to football. We don't know when it will be, but you know when it, when we do come back, we'll hopefully be there. And as my colleagues Ben and Coops have said, stay safe, stay at home and support the NHS. Thank you for your time of listening to the podcast.